Bam, how's it going? Yo, Craig, what's up, bro? Thanks for joining me on the call tonight. Oh, man, thank you for having me, bro. So, um, where are you at right now? Are you in New York? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Queens. I'm in Queens, New York. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm originally from Long Island. Yep. And, um, and then from Long Island, I moved out to Brooklyn. I've been in Brooklyn for, for a while. And then, uh, you know, I, uh, I met my wife. We got married and uh, moved out to Queens to raise some, raise some kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, coming from Long Island, did you know any of the uh, the really well known MCs that are from there? Um, yeah, actually, man, when I um, when I grew up, man, uh, out there in Amityville, man, I was uh, grew up around Prince Paul, De La Soul, uh, yeah, guys like that, um, uh, Alvin Tony, and the whole Hit Squad with Eric Sermon. Craig Mack and those guys, Rakim and Wine Dance, which is right next door to um, Amityville. So, like, you know, those guys were always around, <clears throat> you know what I mean? And watching those guys just really, like, inspired me a lot, you know. So, yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been around been around those guys, man, in, in that era growing up in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm 40 myself. How old are you? Mm. I'm like 44. Yep. So, so yeah. So like, uh, you were, yeah, you were like maybe around 10 years old when the first Eric B and Rakim came out. Yeah. Around that age, around that age, I would go to, um, you know, it's crazy, man. I used to, I used to go out to my cousin's house in Brentwood in Brentwood, Long Island. And he had a humongous record collection and some turntables. And I would be out there every weekend just playing records. This is where DJ Four Five is from, and um, you know that's where I got all my schooling from, man. Those records, you know, just just you know, Schoolie D, um, the first Soul and Pepper album, uh, um, and who else? Steady B, you know, and he played that new Rock Him joint, and it it man, that was life changing, bro. Yeah, you know my cousins and them. They always was up on the new hip hop that came out. You know what I'm saying? They put me on the Mr. Magic, you know, uh, uh, Molly Mall, and um, DJ Red Alert. You know, that's when the joints was only playing. They had like hour shows on yep. Saturdays. You remember that? And I would just be recording those tapes. You wow. know, but uh, yeah, I heard that. I came in the door. I said it before. I was like, yo, this is crazy like <laughs> so when did you decide you wanted to start doing that was that around um, the same time yeah man around the same time just just falling in love with the music falling in love with the beats how it made me feel man like these guys like you know just you know i mean i'll even take it back to to uh cold crush and and um you know, Grandmaster Flash and them, and the message was my first, very first vinyl that I had, and I was listening to these guys, and you know, just like, yo, how do they do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Hip hop. You know what I mean? It just any kid growing up around that era, it was attractive. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. And you know, my, my cousins was B-boys, and you know, all my family members was just in the culture. So yeah, if you didn't, you know, pick up on that, you know, then you know, you were just kind of kind of like an outcast. Yeah. Which which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, just being in that culture around everybody, you know, being like that, you you raised like that. So I was I was I was raised in hip hop, you know. I was raised in the culture. Yeah, so I was I was looking at your bio and your sister actually is Spinderella from Salt and Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was crazy too. Um that whole story is just it was amazing because I, I basically I was adopted and I didn't know that I was adopted. And I come I came into that realization, you know, about a couple of years ago. And um when I was telling you about my cousins that I grew up with, you know, listening to those records and you know, when you're looking into those records, you're you're studying the music. So you know, you're looking at the vinyl cover, you're looking at the artwork, you're looking at, you know, the titles and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, I re- remember that album cover. And I remember seeing Salt, Pepper, and the original Spinderella. And it, it just, it, it killed me like, yo, that whole time, you know, that was my sister. Didn't even know it, you know what I mean? Wow. But yeah, that, that. So you just found out a few years ago that was your sister? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought when I saw it on your bio, it was like you grew up with her. Yeah, no, man, no. I actually crazier. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I was like, you know what? I'm when I when I get on the podcast with Craig, man, I want to talk to him about it. You know what I mean? Um, I went through uh, ancestry.com, um, and you know my DNA came back and. You know, they give you a list of cousins and, and, and relatives and stuff like that that are actually registered. And when I looked up my mother, I found out that, you know, you know, to, to make it authentic, I looked to, so, to see, you know, through Facebook and, you know, social media. I don't know why Facebook is always the first place you go to to authentic, authenticate, you know right. what I mean, who, who, who these people really are. And I come to find out that on my mother's page, she had, she had daughters and she had um, sons. So, you know, I'm looking through it and I'm looking at, you know, people saying happy birthday, ma, you know, and I'm looking at these people and one of them was the original Spinderella. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I reached out and, you know, it's a long story, but that's the short version. I reached out to her and it was just like one of those moments where I was like, wow, you know, she'd been looking for me for years too. You know, my, my other brothers, they've been looking for me for years. So I actually grew up, you know, um, you know, with, with adopted parents you yeah. know, that actually was in the culture. You know what I'm saying? So that was a blessing, too, because if I wasn't in the culture, I would never have united with my sister later on. Yeah. So is she still DJing and, and doing that? Yeah. 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 My, my sister is very well very much djing and and she's in the culture she's she's an activist you know doing things in her community and you know always helping people and look you know uh you know just just you know doing what she can she works with the hip-hop museum and you know just preserving the culture you know what i mean i love my sister i love my family man and 
you know, just to know that hip hop is in my bloodstream yeah. is, is just, you know what I'm saying? It just gives me a whole new perspective on hip hop. Like, it's not just something that, you know, I grew up in and I was around, but it's actually in my DNA, you know what I mean? Which is crazy. So did you just start off uh, emceeing or did you get into everything else too, like graffiti and uh, um, DJing and breakdancing? Pretty much it was breakdancing, b-boying. Um, rapping was my first thing. I was just rapping first. I was just intrigued with words and putting words together and telling stories because I was always telling stories as a kid and writing. You know, I always loved writing when I was coming up. Just writing was never... When everybody was like, yo... I hate writing essays. I hate writing. I love essays and writing more than anything, you know? So writing was always been something for me that I always just loved doing. So definitely rapping. Um, you know, at one point, of course, man, I thought I was going to be the next turbo and ozone. You feel me? <laughs> when we thought that break dancing was, you know, going to be forever, yeah. you know what I mean? But that didn't actually uh, work out that way. <laughs> But, you know, what's crazy that it's coming back that, you know, you know what, man, as you know, when I really think about it, breakdancing really never went nowhere. It was still here and other cultures had actually adapted it, had adopted it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, in other countries. But, you know, here it was just like, you know, kind of, you know, faded out a bit. Yeah. You know, but actually, you know, um it came back with the Jabberwockies and certain, certain, um, you know, uh, break dancers and, you know, that, that, that brought it back through, through, through uh, movie culture and stuff like that, you know, which is dope because it should have been something that always, you know, was kept alive. It just was on the underground. Yeah. But, um, you know, but DJing, I never really, you know, um, had a passion for, but a more of a respect for the yeah. DJ, watching the DJ play those records and just give me that mic. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when would you say you um, put out your first album, really? Mm -hmm. It said on your, um, it, I looked online, it was saying that uh, your first album was the new golden era with Rick yeah. Rude. But yeah. do you have anything before that that you just didn't really get out there as much? Yeah, actually, man, when I, when I was, um, you know, like I was mentioning, um, uh, De La Soul, man, my man Dave uh, Trugoy from De La Soul. He, I, I used to go to his crib and, you know, he used to play beats and, you know, we would just talk about different topics and things like that. Was, that's, that's my man. And, um, you know, he was like, yo, you know, you know, I got something for you, man. I want you to hit up this girl, Fran. Her name is Francesca Sparrow. You know, she works for Rush Management. I want you to play her stuff for her, man. I think, you know, she's looking for some artists and stuff. I think you and her would be a great match. So I went up there. This is when Def Jam was on Broadway. And Rush Management was over there on Lafayette around the corner. Yep. So when I went there, I had the meeting with her. And she listened to my music. She loved it. And long story short, she took my my music, put me in the studio with some of the producers. That's where I met Easy Moby, um, my man Sid Reynolds. You know, that's my guy. He was actually from um, Wine Dance and, and partners with Rakim. And um, he introduced me to them, you know, way back then. So everything that came together in, in, in that lane, too, which was crazy. So he ended up producing some records for me with my man Don Newkirk. And... Um, I got the deal with Columbia Records. 
So when I got signed with Columbia Records, that was around the time in 95 when, you know, that label was exploding right at that time. You're talking about Cypress Hill, Fuji's, Nas, you know what I mean? The Brat, So So Def was, was you know, bringing in so much. And I, I made some really dope records. We put an EP together, but you know what? The downfall to being on a major label is that you get lost in that shuffle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we were we were supposed to have a release that came out. I think the only thing that actually came out was on a compilation album uh, with some other Columbia artists um, around 95, 96. And um, and then, you know, you know, the whole thing, you know, artists get shelved. And then, you know, Fran from Rush, they were like, you know what, let's, you know, let's take Bam out of this deal. Let's get him something else because we're not going to sit around and wait for Columbia to decide what they're going to do, you know. So that was actually my first experience being in the music industry and seeing how these things work and seeing how the business works, you know, and my first letdown, my first disappointment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're thinking you got this major record deal and you're about to blow up, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And, you know, your, bur- your bubble gets popped like, oh, hold up. Okay, so you get caught up in the politics of the game. But, you know, you learn to pick it up and keep going, keep recording music. And, um, you know, after that, you know, I hooked up with my man Rick Rude. And, yeah, so our, our first release was the new Golden Era. Um, we just collaborated with a bunch of artists and put out a dope project. Rick Rude, shout out to my man Rick Rude. You know, that's my guy, you know. And uh, he's done a lot of stuff with Big Noid and um, Mob Deep. You know, infamous mob, you know, the whole Queensbridge crew, crew over there. Big shout out to my man Poet, Black Poet. Yeah. And uh, my man Serge from Worker Mill. And, um, you know, that's when we teamed up and we just, you know, kept putting music together. We just loved the chemistry that we had. And we just started putting music out on the independent level. Actually, we, we collaborated with Soul, Soul Spasm with that. Through my man Torrey, shout out to my man Torrey. So, um, I met you. Uh, I I connected to you from M Dot. You were on his his album Ego and the Enemy. Yeah, it came out a guy. couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that you're really close with Marley Marl. Yeah, yeah, Marley you, Marley's my guy. How do you guys know each other? Did you know him way back with the Juice Crew and everything, or? No, actually, I didn't know Molly in the Juice Crew era. I actually w- was introduced um, to Molly through uh, my manager, um, Serge, from Worker Mill Entertainment at the time. And, um, you know, he actually manages Molly Mall right now to this day. You know what I mean? And he introduced me to Molly Mall. And, you know, what's crazy is that when he introduced me to Molly, um, we were in front of Molly's crib and Molly had his laptop and he started playing some beats and stuff and we was just, you know, reminiscing and stuff. He was reminiscing and telling me all these classic stories, you know, about biz, about Kane, and, you know, cool G rap and, you know, a lot of inside jewels and yep. he was playing beats and, you know, we was just vibing and freestyling and, you know what I mean? And um, we just became cool, you know, through my man Serge, his manager. That's my guy too. My man Serge, he had my back in this industry since day one, you know what I mean? Um, 
So, so yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, Molly's a good dude, man. Molly's doing a lot of music right now, actually. He's still in the game. You know, he's still in the game. Um, I saw an, an interview with him uh, probably two years ago. He was saying that there possibly might be a movie about his life. You know, if there's any any um, update on yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the works. That's in the talks. You know, a Juice Crew uh, movie, you know, um, a lot of other stuff they trying to do, man. I can't even really speak on. Yeah. But, you know, these things are in development. And it's dope to see how, you know, it's, it's dope to see how Hollywood is opening their doors to different stories and different, you know, um, uh, 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 content, you know, that hasn't been even, you know, you know, touched yet, you know? Yeah. You know, and it just helps the culture. It's good for the culture. It's, it's just a lot of information and stories that, you know, that people don't know about. They get surface information. But when these stories that haven't been told come out, it's going, it's really going to be something. It's really going to be something. So, you know, I pray, pray that everything works out and they keep going and they keep telling more stories, you know? Yeah. Now you mentioned a bunch of uh, Columbia artists, and mm -hmm. um, I saw a picture of you, and it was with Big L, who was on Columbia in 94. Yeah. Is that how that came about, that you ran into him? Or did you did you know him really well? Or Yeah, I didn't know L well like that. But, you know, we, we've crossed each other's paths a couple of times, you know, at industry parties back then, um, doing a couple of shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's about it. And I regret not having that collaboration with him you know what i'm saying like oh, that's yeah. one of the you know top priority list i should have got you know a collab with him you know um nas you know Definitely. but um but yeah 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 he was a good dude man every time we, we 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 saw each other we linked up and said what's up to each other and dapped each other up you know rest in peace man good dude man real good dude with good energy bro hmm. you know what, what happened to he did not deserve what happened to him yeah. Now I noticed that you started a podcast a few years ago, um, Renegade Radio. <laughs> yes. Um, what made you decide to do that, and how long did it was it uh, going for, and everything? Um, I think it was like maybe we did that for a couple of years. Um, you know, shout out to my guy Mike, my man Ali, my man DJ Omen. You know what I mean? Um, and my friend, my guy Ali, me and Ali, we used to, um, cause what I, what I was doing, I was doing some youth work and, um, I worked for this nonprofit and, you know, he was another hip hop head over there while we were mentoring these kids and we were just vibing on hip hop, vibe on just music and the state of the music. And I love where his mind was at. And he was like, yo, we should do a podcast, bro. We should talk about these things and, you know, let's gather up some artists that we know, throw them on the show and, you know, let, let's let's put it together. This was around the time when, you know, before doing a podcast was really like, you know, really super popular. You know, um, it was like Combat Jack around the time, you know, he was doing this thing. And um, uh, so, yeah, we was like, yo, let's just do it. Let's go. Let's let's put it together. So, you know, we came up with the name Renegade Radio. And, um, you know, we were pulling no punches, 
And we was just going to talk about what he's going to talk about and interview. We was going to interview different issues and topics. And um, the reason why we stopped was because one of my guy, Mike, you know, had some personal things that was going on in his life that was unfortunate. And we kind of like had to kind of like step back for a little while. And but our intention is actually to actually, you know, pick it back up, you know. Nice. So. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, is there any episodes that stand out as your in your mind as your favorite? Oh, my man Fame, <laughs> right off the rip, my man Fame, my man Fame. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we had a good time that night. You know, just it's always organic when I get with my cuz, man. He he's good people, man. Good, good, good people. That's family right there, man. And you know, just just uh, you know. But without being biased, I would say, um, you know, my man Flush. Oh, yeah, Royal Flush. Yeah, that was a good show, too. You know, that's my guy. Shout out to my man Royal Flush. That was a good show. So, you know, those those type of things, man, we're going to pick back up, you know. And, yeah, yeah, we just have fun doing it, man. We just some guys that just love the culture and just love talking about it. And you know, keeping it alive, just doing what we could do to keep keep the culture alive, keep the wheels going. Now, um, for someone like me, I'm still pretty early in this podcast. This is only episode 13. What advice would you give to someone like me that's early on in it, or anyone else listening? Oh man, I would say, yo, just keep going. Don't let anything you know stop you. If you got the momentum, keep going. Um, Regardless of what, find a way to keep the wheels going. That's, I think, the only thing that I would regret with Renegade Radio is that even though the circumstances was unfortunate, yeah, we felt like, you know, we had to pause. But I think pausing it made it the delay even longer because then you're like, you know what? We got we to gotta record another episode. You know, we got to put it together. We got to do that. But then, you know, time gets away from you. Next thing you know, you know, you're like five episodes, you know, you know, behind, you know, then 10 episodes behind, then you're a whole year behind. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't want to lose that momentum. So by all means, if, if you are going to, you know, you know, yo, Craig, what up? Yeah. I, I think it was your phone that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, when 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 the calls come in, it something oh, yeah, happens. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, part, that. Yeah, my fault, man. Um, but but yeah, man. That that that's what my advice would be, man. You know, uh, once once you you got those wheels turning, don't don't stop those wheels for nothing, man. Yeah. You know. So, um, can people listen to the old episodes online anywhere? Yeah, yeah, they're on they're on the podcast, they're on iPad, um iTunes, I'm sorry. They're on um the podcast on um on Apple. And uh those are all those old episodes are available. Now um let's see. I saw that you make beats recently. Is that something that you started doing in the last few years or were you always doing it before also? Yeah, I was always doing it, um, but, you know, throughout the years, I'm talking about, like, my first demo, like I was telling you before, when I got signed to uh, Columbia Records, actually, when I went to Rush Management, 
that was a demo that I actually produced myself. So, you know, I was always doing beats, but I wasn't doing beats to a level where I can sit in the studio by myself and work the equipment. I always had to have a producer next to me to walk me through how the equipment works. And, you know, like, you'll sample this loop for me. And I want the drums to go like this type of production, <laughs> collaborations. So um, it's only been since, like, maybe 2001 where I started to learn the MPC and learn how those machines work, you know, with, with different producers that actually start walking me through it. Rick Rude was one of the producers that actually started showing me how to work the machine. Um, and I started to actually learn how to, 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 to work the equipment. So I started producing stuff like that. Even back then, I just was always like, I love the way other producers beat sounded. <laughs> so yeah. I would just rock on eight joints. Yo, that's crazy. And I ended up writing stuff to their music. But even though I had other ideas and I was always looking through records and samples, I've been up, a, you know, going to a one records in Manhattan and, you know, just always been a crate digger. So, um, just recently, I would say maybe about five to six years ago, I started really getting serious about doing my own production and saying, you know what, I don't want to keep relying on other producers, you know, because, you know, I have an ear for this and I want to be able to, you know, and I, I went through, you know, through some, you know, disagreements and quarrels and stuff with, you know, industry nonsense, you know what I mean, with you know, production and producers and beats and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I got my own stuff, man. I do my own music, I, you know. So I ended up just, you know, rocking out on my MPC and putting beats together and, you know, started doing my own production, counting on my own visions, putting, you know, faith in my own visions. That's that's what I would say is that you know, for anything that you're doing, put faith in your own vision. Don't count on somebody else's, you know, uh, vision to make your vision come to play. So if you got to do it yourself, do what you can yourself mm -hmm. until you get to a point where there's certain things that you, you know, going to need other people's expertise in, in certain areas. And then you build your team and collaborate in those areas where, you know, their passion lies. You know what I'm saying? Like marketing and promotion. I'm not going to, I'm a marketing and promote my own stuff. No, I need to collaborate and build my own team with somebody who has a passion for that so that, you know, it will take my music to the next level. You know, I'm not going to say, yo, I'm going to be doing my own scratches on my own music. I don't have a passion for scratching. So I'm going to collaborate with somebody that has a passion for it. You know what I mean? Right. So now, did I see that you made a an album or um made a bunch of beats on your phone? Yeah, on man. Garage band? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was I went through a season where, you know, my you know my music you know production on you know equipment, you know, wasn't on a level where, you know, I wanted it to be. So I had yeah. to pretty much just go with what I had. So I was like, yo, let me check out this program right here and see what they got in here in this garage band and, you know, check out this reasons. And, and I had the reasons on my Apple and I started messing around with that. But I always found myself wherever I was at on that iPad, 
I downloaded the MPC app. You know what I'm saying? I started messing with that. I started messing with the garage band. And I was like, yo, this is kind of ill. Bro. I started on the garage band wherever I wanted to go, wherever I was be. I was traveling a lot. So I was like, yo, this is working. <laughs> this is really working. This doesn't sound that bad, yo. You gotta really gotta like tweak this stuff. And then I would um take it to my guy, his studio, and track everything out. And he would tweak it again. Like I said, collaborating with people who are in the area of expertise, like my guy Nate Timsley. Shout out to Nate Timsley Productions. He's an engineer, he's an awesome engineer. And he, you know, mixes my mixes my stuff. And now, is there an album we can uh, hear the uh, beats from your phone on? Um, yeah, the Quarantine Cafe album that's out right now, and the Quarantine Cafe 1.5 that's out right now. It's all done from my phone. Um, I have a couple Man. EPs. I have three EPs that are out: the John Wick EP that came out last year, and then following it was Jordan Time 45, and then following that one was the Iron Mike. All three of those EPs was done with production off of my garage band for my phone as well. Yeah, plus I noticed with your releases, you never know who you're going to see pop up on a song because you literally seem to know everyone. <laughs> I, I wish I did, man. I, no, I, I, I've, I, I think God has blessed me to be able to be around the block and, and see people, meet people. And through those people, I've met other people and, through those people I met people just through relationships and you know just meeting good people and those guys being able to and be willing to and wanting to collaborate and you know God has allowed me to see a lot of things man and it's helped me out it's helped me out a great deal you know coming into myself as an artist you know which is another gem a lot of artists feel like they want to be like other artists and they got to do what other artists do just be authentic to yourself I know it's cliche but be authentic to yourself and be authentic to your vision, not try to be somebody else, but be yourself and continue on that vision. And things will start moving. Things will start moving. And I, I have satisfaction. I ain't no platinum artist. I ain't selling gold out, you know, doing gold streams and, you know, plaques ain't coming to my door from Spotify and nothing like that as of yet. But <laughs> I'm still satisfied. And if you're doing right. it and you're not satisfied, you're not loving it while you're doing it, then you might as well not even do it. Because, you know, most of those guys that do it to try to achieve all of those goals, they end up getting stressed out. And they find out that they, the game is not what it what it really is or what they think it is, you know, and their heart is not really into it for the right reason. And they end up falling off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, now, did you take a break from music for a little bit? Yeah, I really did, man. After, um, I think it was around 2012, um, I took a break, you know, um, and, you know, I settled down, did the family thing, and, you know, I got born again, you know, as if, if, if nobody knows, you know, I'm proud to say that the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. You know what I mean? And I will constantly and always put God first in everything that I do. And I went through a, a detox, if you will. And coming out of that detox, I had a new vision. And, you know, with this whole pandemic going on, you know, earlier this year, you know, it put me in a different mind frame. 
you know, even though before the pandemic, pre-pandemic last year, when I dropped those EPs, it was, it was a different uh, perspective that I had on how I was going to do my music, you know? So you had asked a while back, when did I start doing my own production? That was part of that new vision for me to be my own individual doing my own music. And that's what, what began last year. So that was really my return to the game from that break was like 2019 when the John Wick EP dropped. Now, um, how did your spiritual journey start? How And um, did something just suddenly happen or did you, was it a sudden change or was it gradual or it was, did you get into that at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I've always been a spiritual person. I grew up in the church. You know what I mean? I always yeah. grew up knowing God, but you know, um, you know, God has a way of showing you things and you'll go through some things and go through some rough patches. Whereas like, you know, you can't count on yourself. You have to rely on him and he'll show you, like, you know, through your finances, he'll show you through your health. You know what I mean? He'll show you through a lot of things that will end up, you know, you end up giving a testimony will break you down and say, you know what, God, I need, I need, I need, I need to know what I need to do in this situation. You know, you, you face an eviction, you know what I mean? You're facing, you know, a health situation, you know, you don't know where to turn to, where to go to, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, I found myself being broken down and I went to the church, man. I went to God, I went to Jesus, man. And he gave me, he gave me the truth. He gave me the light. As soon as I came into it, man, as I tell you right now, Craig, on this podcast, man, Things started making a a, a, a a total change, 360 change, man. And I started to come into, you know, breakthroughs as far as, you know, what God wanted for my life, for my family, you know, um, you know, my finances, you know, I'm about to buy a house soon. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm. You know, my, my wife is is blessed, man. She started her business that's booming right now, successful right now. You know what I mean? I'm doing my music. You know, I'm finding time to raise. I'm raising my kids. I got a son. I got a daughter. You know what I mean? So, you know, but before that, it was very dark. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I can I can relate to what you're saying. For me, I was I went through a really rough time with uh, with drugs and too much partying and stuff, and. Mm -hmm. I actually found myself in a situation where I just asked God for help. Mm. And, um, to make a long story short, it just, I, I started to go to AA meetings and I got sober and it completely changed my life. 12 nice. years ago. So. Nice, man. Praise God. That's what's up, man. How long, yeah, how long have you been sober, bro? 12 years. Oh man. Look at that, man. Yeah. It was a complete shock. I would have never thought it would happen. And, you know, my life just, um, I, I couldn't stop getting arrested for like DWIs and stupid things like that. And mm -hmm. Amen. that was, when, that was my up. one goal at one point to not get arrested. And it just, I, it kept happening. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I don't know why I got so lucky, but you know, it's, it's been a huge gift. Yo, God has a plan, bro. And this podcast is one of them because it's super dope. <laughs> it's super yeah. dope, fam. For real. For real. So God has a plan. He's not done with us. You know, he has a way to show us, man. You know. So is there anything, um, are you into reading any like uh, spiritual books or any, any, or is there any books that have helped you out? 
in turning your life around? Um, being more positive? Pretty much, I would really just say the Bible, fam. I know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I really, um, you know, I've, 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 I've um, copped a couple of books from um, Bishop Jakes. Um, oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he's really good, man. He's really good. Um, uh, but really, on the literature side, you know, when I used to read, I used to read books like The Celestine Prophecy, stuff like that, you know, but... Um, uh, those those books really didn't do anything. I mean, I wouldn't say they didn't do anything for me. I would say they gave me some type of enlightenment when it came to spirituality, but it didn't put me on the path to really, really know who Jesus was. You know what I mean? So I would say there's no other book than the Bible that's going to walk you through, you know, any and everything that you can possibly think of that you're going through your life the answers is there. So if you want me to get more specific, I would say the book of Proverbs, that one specific book, I would say is what got me on the right track, you know, that God led me to. So I would advise anybody to open up the book of Proverbs and start there. Now, is there any um, like Bible scripture or, or verse that you, that stands out as your mind as a favorite that you try to keep in mind? Your words are like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's in Psalms. Um, mm. I, I, I lean on that. Um, I believe there's, uh, let me see. Uh, uh, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Um, uh, I believe that's in, that's, in, that's in John, I believe. Look, if you put me on the spot. <laughs> No, it just popped in my head when you mentioned the Bible. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's it. I, I would I would definitely you know subscribe people to really dig in the Word and you know, it, it'll bring you through even when you're praying. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely bring you through. And that that you know me get hooking up with my sister, man, and my other siblings, man. That's that's a gift from God. You know what I'm saying? That, that the way that whole, whole thing happened. I mean, I remember growing up where I didn't think I had no, I had no brother. I grew up with no brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. you know, that was a lonely journey except for hip hop. Yeah. Cats would be into all kinds of stuff. I would just have hip hop. You know what I'm saying? People thought that that was weird. You know what I'm saying? I love my hip hop. Yeah. That, that was my big brother. You know what I'm saying? But come to find out, God, God gave me a, a gift, man, that showed me, yo, you know, hip hop is not just your big brother, but you actually do have big brothers and big sisters. Boom. Hold that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they in the culture. So now do you have a top five favorite albums? Hey, uh, paid in full. Um, uh, long live the cane. Um, road to riches, Kooji rap and polo. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man. So it's something you've never you've never thought about it 
really yeah. much though. It's not like you have it in your yeah, head. Like a yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, this so. Oh. Well, that's a pretty good top three, anyway. Yeah, and oh man, that's that's a good question. You got me, bro. You got me. Um, it's it's so many. I don't want to leave out. Um, do you feel like there's one MC that like influenced you more than any other? Definitely Kane, man. Def- definitely Big yeah. Daddy Kane, because you know Kane's flow, his flow, and his wordplay, right. the best. So yes, I guess suggest the rest is fest. No bless, no test, your highness. Unless I bless the, you know what I mean? Like I was like, this yeah. is incredible. You know what I mean? Kane is my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't go wrong with 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 Kane or Rock him. I mean, oh yeah, one. man. Those of those those two right there, man. Those two right there. I remember I had this poster of Rakim and um and Kane that was on my wall. You know, and I was like, them two guys right there. It was a classic picture because them guys never really was in a room together at this at the same time, too many at too many times at this, you know, let alone taking a picture, you know. Right. But um, but yeah. Yeah, so pardon my son, my son and my son. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll wrap it up in a in a, in a couple more questions. Okay. Uh, I want to be respectful of your no time. No problem. But um, do you, do you have a favorite song of your own that you've done? Yeah, man. I think um, I love that song, "My City," bro. That I did with Fame. I think I'm always you know cherish that record. That was a big record for me. It's called "My City" with Lil Fame from MOP. That's my favorite one. Yeah. B. That's my favorite one. <laughs> That's a good choice. Mm. Um, so how did you meet M Dot? Um, man, M Dot. Shout out to my man M Dot. Shout out to Mayhem. Shout out to Rev. You know what I'm saying? Um oh, man. Yo, man, how did I meet M? Oh, I wanna say it was at a video shoot. It was at one of them shows or one of them functions. I think I was up in Boston. I can't remember the place. But when me and that brother linked up, man, it was like chemistry, bro. It was like, yo, that's my dog right there. This is my brother right here. Like, yo, I love his energy. He inspired me, son. Like, yeah, he's he's the most positive person I've ever met. Facts, in my life. bro. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what the situation, M will come around and, and tell you, yo, dog, yo, listen, man, yo, it's go time, bro. Like, yo, let's go, man. No, don't even worry about that. Don't sweat that. Yo, dog, it's go time, bro. Listen, let's go. Yo, listen to this beat, man. Matter of fact, yo, listen, I'm sending you something right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you, how can you walk away from that and and not be in high spirits? You know. After talking right. with him, you know what I mean. I love that brother, man. I love that brother. Word, man. Word. So hopefully you guys uh, have some more collaborations coming up in the near. Future. Oh yeah, oh definitely. We have a lot ton of ideas that we were throwing around. I got this um this crew that I'm putting together. Uh, we actually put together already, and he, he's a part of. It. It's called the Marksman, and uh, you know it's all about just you know. Really dope music, really dope, you know, beats and lyrics and dope content, you know what I mean, of, of, of rappers that just collaborate and, and will display a lot of my, my production where it's not just me. So it's a, collab, yeah. a, a, a compilation production 
that um, we're putting together. And then, you know, we got some projects that we want to put together, some song collaborations that we're going to be doing with other artists as well. So, you know, you know, with him, he keeps me on my toes, man. We're coming up with concepts and ideas and content and, you know, writing and stuff. So, yeah. Now, uh, do, what, do you have any projects you can let us know about that are coming out in the near future, like um, in the next few months or early 2021? Well, that's one of them, definitely. And then there's um, shout to my man LG um, and my man Harvard over in Boston. Um, we just did some music and we're working on a project also. Um, my man LG, he's super dope. He's coming out. Um, we got that project. And then I'm going to be doing another project. Um, following this quarantine cafe 1.5 um but i want to i want to definitely get my beats out there a lot right now so you know um i would say to look out for the marksman joint some collaborations with me and m and um project with my man lg with a lot of production for me but i'm gonna put out a couple of singles here and there also so you know right now i'm gonna kind of like focus on some rizza type type vibe you know i mean try to put a little wu-tang together (laughs) now um growing up in new york did you is there any um is there any shows that you saw live that you look back on you're like man that was that was a historic night and and you're really grateful that you saw oh man right that stand out oh man one that pops right in my mind right now the hit squad reunion um shout to my man k solo that's my guy red man um, you know, it's funny about it. I got a song called Me and Red Band, and the way, yeah, I saw that. I didn't listen to it, yeah. Yet, the though. concept is funny because, um, I wanted to get Reggie on there, but I wasn't able to. And the song wasn't really called Me and Red Man, it's kind of like I flipped it the way Master Ace did because the stories were so similar. So, the way Master Ace's story goes is that he did the record. With me, with Biz, but Biz wasn't able to make it to the studio. So what he did was he imitated Biz's voice. It did the mm-hmm. video with the hand puppet. So it was kind of like the same situation with me that you know, due to scheduling and timing and stuff, it was just off. I couldn't get Reggie on the record. So I just pretty much filled the verse in, you know, trying to imitate his voice as much as possible, and I mimicked the uh, or tribute to. Master Ace, shout to Master Ace, um, his record, Me and the Biz, and just called it Me and Red Man. And the concept was, I was actually going to go as far as to get a puppet and shoot the video of him in the puppet. You know, hey, I was going. That'd be a good <laughs> right? idea. I would, I would have loved it, but you know, you know, with timing and stuff like that, things happen. But um, to say that is that the memorable moment is at BB um, King's. Uh, just being there, I was on stage. You know, what I'm saying when the Hit Squad reunion show, it was it was it was retarded. It was retarded. EPMD yeah. was doing their thing, and then I knew it was gonna go berserk when they did Headbanger. My man, Kale. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. All four of them just banged their verses out. Reggie came out, did his verse, and it was crazy, crazy. That's a crazy Redman oh, verse. Oh yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, like but, uh, a severable palsy. 
Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites from him. And he was like, that was before his first album. That's right. So. That's right. And you know what? That's when he was like on fire and, and just this guy that came out of nowhere. Kind right. Of like, Remember the verse? I got it going on. Since I'm up next to flex, oh, you yeah, the better. Hardcore. Yo. Everybody knew, man, right there. Yo, dude is crazy, yo. I remember listening to tapes from Reggie before he even came out with uh, what the album, before the headbang. I know I was listening to because my man was like, my man, I know Biz's brother, um, Don Michelle. Shout out to my man, Don Michelle. And Don Michelle would have a lot of exclusive stuff that Biz, because of Biz. And yeah. he played this tape with Reggie, freestyling. Oh my God, man. I was like, who is this? I'm talking about metaphor after metaphor. I, I, this dude is a problem. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, to answer even one of your questions, you know, from further, you know, that you had back then, Reggie was definitely a, a influence for me in the 90s, bro. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get enough credit. Him and, him and Method Man mm-hmm. really are just... They did so much in the in the nineties that I I just don't think they'll ever get the full recognition. For yeah, you're right. You're right. Only the real heads know. And like yeah. I said before, like even if the masses don't know, the people, the people that understand the culture know. And they get the respect from that. And I think that these guys are even satisfied with that. They don't they oh, don't yeah. care that if, you know the young guys now don't know, you know, but a lot of them do know now, you know, which is dope because yeah. they, they actually, you know, appreciating the culture they're cherishing the culture and they're respecting the culture now. Um, but they know what their accomplishments were. And I believe that because these guys before Corona, that they were able to tour and do all those shows continuously all over the world showed that wow you know what i'm saying our fan base is here these guys respect us and I, yeah. and I believe they were satisfied that's something you can't you you can't buy that bro you know what i'm saying all that you know trying to go platinum real quick and get out you know what i'm saying and yo the authentic artists and the, the, the authentic um fans know the real fans don't you know what I'm saying? And I'd rather have the real fans than the fake fans that love you today, hate you tomorrow. Right. Well, um, I want to wrap it up with one last question, but before we get to it, is there anyone you want to shout out or can you let people know where they can find you online? Sure, man. Um, you know, my um Instagram is the 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 the, the best platform to reach me. Um at Bamstagram seven, just the way it sounds, Bamstagram seven on Instagram. I'm on Facebook also. My Facebook page is Bishop Bam. Um and yeah, that's really it. You could go on iTunes, all my albums, all my my whole catalog from the Golden Era. Um the Overload EP is on there um that I did in 2011. Um and right now I would love everybody to go and stream that album right now called Quarantine Cafe. And Quarantine Cafe 1.5. Definitely. And uh, I'm going to listen to that Redman song. As soon oh, as yeah. Possible. Check that out, man. Let me know what you think, man. Again. Because I like the Pete Rock one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout the So, uh, well, did Pete Rock ever hear that song? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He, he texted me and was like, yo, bro, this is crazy, man. I'm humbled. <laughs> 
Yeah, shout to Pete Rock, man. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. Um, um, also shout out to EMS, man. That's who I forgot to shout yeah, out. Those are all really, really good dudes. They they send me a lot of music from people that aren't even in EMS that are just kind of affiliated yeah. with them. And so I've gotten a lot of lot of great artists I've connected with for my radio show from them. And um, you know, like I said, M Dot's a, a great guy. So definitely, definitely. Thanks to him again for putting this together. Yeah, man. Um, I actually I, I texted him one day and I was like, Hey, I don't have anyone for my podcast this week. Is there anyone you recommend? And right away he says, You have to interview Bam. Oh man. <laughs> That's my guy. He's like, he'll definitely do it. Here's his number. <laughs> Facts, man. And look. You know, it was it was a great thing, man. Because uh, you're a good dude. I love what you're doing for the culture, and um, I'm a fan, bro. I'm a fan. I'm tuning in now. You, thank you very for much. sure, bro. For sure. So, um, for me, podcasts have helped me out a lot. Like in the last six years, really, is what I've been listening to them a lot. And um, so, I like to leave the people uh, with a little bit of inspiration towards the mm-hmm. end. And so. For anyone out there that's having a really rough time, like the life is just, they feel like it's completely hopeless Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do and how they can improve in any small way. What advice would you give to them on, on just how to, you know, make some positive steps in the right direction or, or um, think more positive? I would say, listen to your heart, listen to what you want to do. Listen to what, because I like to say that we all have by ourselves meetings. And what I mean by that is that when we wake up in the morning, the first conversation that we have is with ourselves. And what can be distracting is that when you get in the world and you start listening to other people's opinions that don't even know what your personal situation is, we get sidetracked and we get distracted when we start listening to other people and what other people have to say. The best thing you could do is in your by yourself meeting in the morning is to listen to your heart and what your heart wants to do. Set a goal and accomplish it for that day. Or if it be a goal that you need to accomplish for the week, put a schedule together and hold yourself accountable for it. If you do that on a daily, you'll find yourself coming closer and closer to completing that goal. And you'll be closer and closer to where you want to be without listening to outside distractions. Always listen to wisdom from people who have been through what you're, where you're trying to get and not the people who are just trying to do it also because they just have opinions. You want to listen to the people who already accomplished it already. And if I would ask, if I would add a little bonus on there in your by yourself meeting, what helped me personally was that relationship with God. Wow. That's a great answer. I've never heard anyone uh, refer to it as the by yourself. Man. That's really good. <laughs> well, it's real, man. Cause nobody's around when you waking up, you know, even if you have your significant other with you, when you wake up, or even if you waking up and your kids are everywhere, you're going to have a time where you're by yourself with your thoughts. And that's yeah. a, a, a very important moment. You know, it determines what your outcome is going to be for the next, you know, hour, few hours or the end of the day, all the way to the end of the week. 
I'd like to put it in days because each day is a blessing. So, you know, those by yourself meetings are very important for your outcome and how your day is going to end. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate the, uh, the good answer. Anytime, Craig. And uh, I'm really glad to talk to you. And, and uh, I've been checking out your music, and I really like it. So, thank you, brother. Uh, keep sending music anytime for the uh, radio show, and hopefully we talk again at some point soon. Absolutely, Craig. Thank you, brother. All right. All right, man. Take care. Bless, bro. Thank you very right. much. The, 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 the Craig Noise 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 Noise